0: The government gives them the drugs Builds bigger prisons Passes a three strike law And then wants us to sing God Da, 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 da. Hello and greetings of damned. Uh welcome to Bill Maher, Damn America. Um <laughs> Welcome to Pod Damn America, the Bill Maher Podcast. G- the Bill Maher <laughs> The goth Bill Maher Socialist he's gonna, Podcast. He's gonna
1: start
2: podcasting when it gets canceled. He's gonna be like O'Reilly.
0: New rule communism. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to Pot Name America, the God <laughs> Socialist podcast for fuckheads. Uh, I'm Jake Flores. That's Anders Lee. Anders Lee here. That's Alex Patak.
1: I'm a Slav Killer. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: that was my big thing. This week we will be interviewing uh, journalist Aaron Mate. Like the soda tea. You, you've uh-huh. heard of
1: Yerba Mate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, check out Aaron Mate. Um, you've heard of Elf on the Shelf. How about Aaron Maté on your Yerba Maté? (laughs) Reading
2: his journalism will give you... It's like a caffeination situation. But it's a comfortable... It's like a tea caffeination. Yeah, talking to that, Mike. The
1: other thing, too, Yerba Maté, Che Guevara's favorite drink.
2: Is that true?
0: Yes. Hmm.
1: From his native Argentina.
0: I didn't realize he was from uh, Park Slope.
1: That's right, folks. <laughs> folks. Folks, you don't get that jaw structure unless you're the son of a doctor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we'll be talking to Aaron um, about Russia Gate and the sort of uh, lack of big payoff that uh, you know the big flop that was like the Mueller Mueller report this week. Um, very intelligent guy, had a very nuanced take on the, uh, the whole thing, the, the narrative aspects of it and, uh, the implications and the, how it's going to continue to fuck us. Um, these are all things that, you know, people should be talking about. Uh, they're not on cable news. You're fucking, uh, crazy racist, uncles and liberal wine moms and all sorts of people that uh, are running society are not looking at these things. So important interview. It's important that all these journalists are making this victory lap right now and gloating, uh, rightfully so. Why aren't, <laughs>
1: but, aren't really not kids enough talking gloating. about this flop?
0: Um, huh?
1: Why aren't kids talking about this big flop? Why
0: aren't kids talking about this big flop?
1: <laughs> They're on TikTok. They're lip syncing to the news. <laughs> They're, what are they doing out there?
0: Um, I think that we definitely, as – you know, Aaron and Greenwald and all these these this sort of group of journalists that have circled around this and uh, all of our correctly friends. assessed this situation have pointed out. Uh, we've wasted not we, but a lot of people have wasted a lot of time and energy on what amounts to what it needs to be said. It's just a fucking conspiracy theory. Um, my personal gripe with Russia Gate is that mm-hmm. if we were going to turn the news into a twenty four hour coverage of a conspiracy theory why not a more fun conspiracy theory right Mm. sasquatch gate trump is elected because because sasquatch that'd be cool you know
1: has anyone ever seen donald trump As
0: (laughs) as anyone, <laughs> he, he kind of looks a he little He does Sasquatch. look like he, a Sasquatch. He, he How come like, every
1: picture of Donald Trump, he looks so blurry?
0: How come he walks like that, huh? You know? <laughs> Those swinging the, arms. <laughs> he <laughs> has
1: the, like, large body, small limbs look of a Sasquatch.
0: I Wait, there might be something to this. Yeah, he kind of stands like a Sasquatch. Right. Yes. And yes. obviously
2: the hair, like, uh, the explanation might be that, it is that he has just a bad sense of style um but maybe like his hair just does that and he can't get it down.
1: We know he has a problem with boundaries and then he has a problem with touching. Do you know who else has a problem with touching? The northwestern water ape.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Taking whatever wanders into the woods in Seattle.
0: <laughs> Which <laughs> wait, what's the northwestern water ape? That's the
1: Sasquatch. Oh. One of us at the table has done research on the Sasquatch. <laughs> I
0: didn't I didn't know there was a specifically there's a name because for I there's
1: it. also a Himalayan... Yeti, which is, you Himal- know, the Southeast Asian
0: Himalayan. Oh, that's the Russia connection. Yeah. Yes. Oh, fuck. It all comes back to Russia. Yes, Well, now yes, I believe yes, it.
1: Yes, yes, And it's not pronounced Himalayan. I'm a, n- a native Himalayan. It's Himalayan? <laughs>
2: yeah. Like Somalian rhymes.
1: Yeah. I don't know if maybe that's just like the more direct translation if you say it with like kind of an Indian accent, which is something I would not do as an ally. <laughs> but <laughs> I, think it, I think it is pronounced Himalayan. And there are Yetis there. Back to my main point. Okay.
0: (laughs) Himalayan. All right. Himalayan. Himalayan. Kind of. I'm going to do a Def Jam comic for a second. Okay. Himalayan. That's the guy I buy my weed from. Himalayan. (laughs) (laughs) That's my sister's name. Is that the guy you buy your Molly from? Two on the nose. (laughs) You're
1: you're edging around it, (laughs) you're encircling the Sasquatch. Yeah.
0: I don't know the okay about
1: Sasquatch people are always looking for', them, and they never quite find him. they're all there are people who go out to kill Sasquatch. there are TV shows about people who spend all their time hunting Sasquatch, and they never get it, but uh how do you know it's not... I mean, if you if it's real, it's just a big animal, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, that's, that's not, what... Yeah, it, it's not very it's exciting. Not,
1: it's like a risk-reward thing, not panning out in your favor.
2: Something we were talking about on the premium episode is monsters and what our favorite monsters are. I always wondered, where does a monster just... Why Why is it not just an animal that hasn't been discovered yet? What makes it a monster?
0: That's I, I've had the same thought. Yeah. It's what, a pact with the devil. Like, if you look at, like... If you watch the Discovery Channel for long enough, you'll see like crazy shit like that snakehead uh, piranha S- thing snake that can fish. like grow fucking legs and swim to another, yeah, to an another lake. Yeah, species. That's a monster. Yeah. It's just that it's already been identified right. as an animal, so you're like, no, it's an animal. <laughs> That's monsters. That's the same thing. <laughs>
1: I think the traditional understanding is a pact with the
0: devil and his terrible book. <laughs> but you can't prove... Like a vampire is a monster. If I had never seen a bat before... And then I saw a bat, I would make the assumption that's the the devil that's, made that. Yeah. You know?
1: You can't you can't
0: prove it's not true.
1: The difference between a monster and a beast is a bit of book learning. <laughs> and
2: uh Bigfoot has not been um, he's not evil, right? He doesn't have a pact with the devil. He's certainly not evil unless he is
1: Donald Trump, sir.
0: <laughs> I just imagine someone, this podcast is like half politics, half really dumb. Someone like, you know, turned their friend on to the, you gotta listen to this smart hard-hitting political show, Pod Damn America. And then the second, somehow the second they turn it on is Andrew's going, Bigfoot is not evil. <laughs> As we have been led to believe. <laughs>
1: there are Main depictions of Bigfoot as a caring and uh, 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 a loving ma- creature of the forest, but how do we know that those aren't produced by the same moneyed interests that gave us Donald Trump? You know what Bigfoot hasn't done? Released his tax
0: returns. Where
1: are Bigfoot's tax returns?
0: <laughs> He's not even a Democrat. <laughs>
1: not a real Democrat. He's a wood ape. <laughs> I thought
0: he was a water ape. Whatever, man. Well, speaking of, not even
1: fucking real. Speaking
0: of Bill Maher, do you one of the like only
2: funny things Bill Maher has actually done is provoked Trump into suing him because he during the birther conspiracy like wanted to get Trump's birth certificate to prove that he was not an orangutan. Oh,
0: him. We just recreated an episode of Bill Maher. Bill Maher podcast.
2: Uh, but but, oh, but Trump sued him Yeah Trump sued him Because Bill Like refused to uh, Accept the birth certificate Like as a joke Because Trump of course Went out of his way To get the birth certificate And show everybody uh, <laughs> And then Like yeah, I think he ended up Dropping the lawsuit Like his lawyer Was just like Felt humiliated by it But <laughs> We got Yeah we should get that going With, with uh, Sasquatch Or Bigfoot What's the difference
1: It's those two are synonymous
2: Okay
0: Yep Oh
2: Sasquatch Canadian was words. also part of the Canadian X-Men, I believe. X-Men North or whatever it was.
0: I think you're thinking of um Canadian X-Men. Well whoa, 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 whoa. Great Lakes uh, Avengers. That's no, right. What's yeah. the Native American uh
1: Are any of these real or Wendigo. Made these up?
0: Wendigo. Yeah. Have you heard of the Wendigo? Shapeshifter. Is that uh from it, the Marvel Universe? It's
1: Supernatural like, season one.
0: It's a, it's a, like I think it's a Native American uh like what do you call it? Crypto no, uh, cryptid. Uh, cryptid. It's cryptid. Like Bitcoin, yeah. but for native currency. <laughs> cr- cr- cryptid, yeah, cr- cryptid currency. Bigfoot coins. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Big coin. Yeah. Uh, you meet b- Bigfoot in the woods, and he's like, <laughs> he's like, I got, I got an idea. Um, I need investors. It's called Bigcoin. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a cryptid currency that I invented.
1: Every time you take a picture of the currency, it's blurry. <laughs> Stormy Daniels. This is why he lives off. in the woods Because no one wants to talk to him About his, <laughs> his cryptid currency
0: Oh that's so fucking stupid Oh yeah
1: <laughs> I don't think we've recorded a single intro for a smart interview That's matched the interview in any way <laughs> <laughs> you know,
0: Well I feel like uh, We kind of have to make I feel some responsibility to if we make a really smart episode to counterbalance it with a really dumb intro.
1: Yeah, yeah, like putting like a heavy rock in a sling or something. Yeah. Right.
0: Poddam America, it's, it's like the two, it's the it's you know, the woman holding the two scales and one of them is full of uh, dumb shit like this. And then the other one is full of juicy facts for your brain.
1: Right. And then you eat the scales. Mhm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. I mean, you know
1: what? I thought I had a big breakthrough earlier by saying uh, that I was a Slav killer, like a Slavic Dracula, <laughs> and that that was, you know, our fear of Putin in Russia, and it was going to be a great tie into the episode and our goth theme. But then now that I've been thinking about it quietly for 10 minutes to myself, Dracula's already
0: I was going to say. He's
1: already from there. Yeah. <laughs> it's really hard for me to admit that.
0: Dracula, yeah, actually he could be involved in Russia gate.
1: That's what hasn't been that's what's been missing from the liberal onslaught so far is you know Putin he's a hitman, he's a liar, he's a deceiver.
0: He drinks blood.
1: He drinks blood, he sleeps in a coffin, he can't be out in the day. Where are these <laughs> hard hitting propaganda tools?
0: The end Russia gate ends with like a um, you know like a how like people have lost their minds because of Russia Gate? Like you just yeah. used to have a relative that was kind of just talked about TV shows they liked, <laughs> and now you log on to Facebook and it's just like this wall of text that starts with like, "Okay, so in 1992 the dossier was handed from you know this person to this person." Ugh, they go yeah. crazy with like James Bond shit. Um, that person eventually, when they figure out that Putin in the narrative of. Of Russia Gate is Count Dracula and lives in a tower somewhere. They become Van Helsing, right? Mm, and they ride is. to the tower with like a, a fucking weird Castlevania whip crossbow. chain thing and yeah. a crossbow with like <laughs> and, water in it. Yeah, some shit. yeah, that was the stupidest weapons. And there's a a, a, a a guy in a you know at a gate who warns him not to go up, and he goes up anyway. And then he attempts to fight Vladimir Putin. By uh, killing him the only way he can be killed, which is by, um, I guess, by stabbing him through the heart with, like... uh with like a printout of like a long Facebook post that says butter emails or something. Yes, <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> he hates that. I'm yeah. having fun imagining uh, in this narrative the Bernie bro, uh, useful idiot in the Dracula story oh, spreading he... around. You know who he is? He's it's Igor, right? He's Igor. <laughs> yeah. He's in the village and you don't know he's working for the other side but he's like, ha ha, Hillary Clinton's an imperfect candidate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. (laughs)
0: Oh, Igor. (laughs) Let the women talk, Igor. (laughs)
1: Well,
2: apparently Mueller on Sunday after the thing was dropped, he went on a little walk by the White House, which people are speculating about. Uh, But, you know, what I think would have made it even better is if he had had the Van Helsing hat. (laughs) <laughs> kind of tipped it to van the way
1: hat will improve most walks I think. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. we are now selling pod america van helsing hats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah on we're selling Dr. van helsing
0: hats <laughs> and custom contact lenses <laughs> 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 and <a> no shirts <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man i'm
1: getting into the, the contact lens game
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right um so uh, I think we should probably call that aside. <laughs> we should probably <laughs> s- swing into our episode, uh, our, our full length interview with Aaron Mate. Um, enjoy Aaron Mate dropping some knowledge on you about Rushgate and how it's bullshit.
1: Eat your content vegetables.
0: not a crime.
2: What are you talking about? All right, we are joined today by the uh, controversial uh, journalist Aaron Mate. Thank you for, for calling in Aaron.
3: Thanks for calling me controversial. Yeah. <laughs> right. Disgraced journalist, I've wanted, Monte. <laughs> I've
2: been dreaming of a day where I get to be called controversial, so I thought I'd bestow that honor on you. Um, but uh, we're talking today about like something that we really have not gotten into that much uh, on the show, uh, the Russiagate scandal. Um, like it's, it's it's I mean from the one of the reasons I never really cared that much about it is because like well, let's assume it's all true uh, it doesn't really change that much for me like the, the 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 best possible outcome for any of this is President Pence so that's just kind of been my angle on it so I and it's like also a very complicated series of uh, theories about what may have happened. With putin uh, to the the point where it's like a, a the spy novel, as you pointed out, like I and I have trouble following spy novels i've I've trouble following complicated movie plots, so I just have kind of avoided it but uh for b- listeners like me, I guess, what is Russiagate, what was the theory, and what did the Mueller report uh, reveal
3: well, first of all i don't blame you for ignoring it because uh as I've been saying from the get-go the evidentiary basis for it was not there and in the process the fixation over it was Sidelining much more important issues. I would say existential issues But um, what RussiaGate basically is is this it's a conspiracy theory it's uh, this notion that uh, originated in the summer of 2016 that Donald Trump was working with uh, the Russians in some sort of illicit conspiracy and um, that allegation was made in the Steele dossier, which is a, uh, a piece of opposition research that was um, paid for by the Democratic Party. Uh, and it was uh, also uh, the uh, subject of a counterintelligence investigation that was opened up by the FBI uh, in July of 2016 on the basis of a very vague tip. So based on a very vague tip, the FBI opened up a counterintelligence probe of uh, the, the uh, Trump campaign and whether or not it had ties to Russia. And, um, and it resulted in being this two-year fixation after Donald Trump won because nobody expected him to. But after Hillary Clinton's crushing defeat, uh, her aides immediately decided that Russia was going to be the, the, one of the culprits, along with James Comey. Who they were going to blame for their loss and uh that helped lead us to uh this 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 uh two year long uh fixation where uh democratic uh, democratic elites like them and their partisans on cable news and uh, many people in the establishment media as well as of course uh, uh people in congress especially adam schiff and eric swalwell and others Promoted this idea uh, of Trump and Russia being in cahoots and the special counsel that was appointed to investigate this Robert Mueller has just come back with his report He submitted it and according to the findings uh, summary of the findings by Attorney General Barr Mueller to the surprise of none of us uh, who followed the actual evidence and the actual developments Mueller found that there was no basis for a Trump Russia conspiracy
2: Okay, so uh, it's it's a big nothing burger, as you've pointed out. What do you say to some critics on the left that say, like, uh, you know, obviously this this isn't going to amount to anything. So why even bother trying to debunk it? You know, what the outlets like MSNBC, the New York Times. It's not like they're going to be reporting on. Substantive, consequential Issues anyway uh, It's going to be, you know, sort of They're going to be repeating sort of U.S. imperialist talking points Anyway, so why even go out of your way To, de- to debunk this
3: I agree that they're not going to be covering Serious issues anyway, but You know, the argument that Those of us on the left should just ignore it And, and, and let it die on its own I mean, I can get that I mean, it's like, and I, I don't fault anybody For not focusing on it, but In my case, I mean I'm a journalist, which is a little bit different from, you know, but I'd say it's actually very different from being a partisan activist. I mean, if you're a journalist, you're you're just supposed to follow the facts. And meanwhile, incidentally, as a leftist, and I you know, I don't hide the fact that I am, uh, I think the Gate had horrible consequences for the left because, for example, looking at the Democrats, for example, what did it let the democratic elite do? It helped them avoid the reckoning that should have happened after losing an election to Donald J. Trump. I think the most humiliating uh, election loss in US history. And it allowed them to avoid con- uh, confronting their own failures uh, and which I think you you cannot separate from their own failed uh, neoliber- neoliberal policies that so many uh, Trump voters were duped into rebelling against. So basically, whereas I think Trump's victory should have led democratic elites to say, you know, geez, what did we do wrong here? And the party overall to say, you know, how can we, what lessons can we draw? And maybe we should start challenging the corporate interests that uh, our party is aligned with. It allowed them to basically put all that off by blaming Russia for their own failure. And in the process, you know, tainting people on the left who uh, challenged the Cold War consensus as being uh, uh, Russian dupes, and so Jill Stein, for example, however, you f- however you feel about Jill Stein, she was investigated by the Senate uh, by the Senate Intelligence Committee for collusion with Russia, and of course she was painted as as a cre- painted as a Kremlin stooge. Bernie Sanders, uh, he was constantly because uh, they could point to the fact that some Russian social media bots might have retweeted some things that said Bernie Sanders in it, that was pointed. Uh, as an example of, of bernie sanders being boosted by russia. so i think this thing was was horribly consequential for the left. and of course have you have you mentioned the fact that the fixation on this overshadowed a uh, discussion and sidelined, you know, a discussion of trump's actual policies and it kind of like undercut i think the potential to organize around those issues because if you look at, you know, some of the biggest protests of the trump era, initially we had People go out to airports, right, in in droves to oppose the Muslim ban. But that was very early on in the Trump presidency. And I think you can make – I can't prove this obviously, but I think you can make a strong correlation between the decline in activism after that and the rise of Russiagate because so much of liberal left energy was channeled into this notion that Trump was a uh, a Russian conspirator and that Robert Mueller was going to uncover it. And that is why – uh, one of the biggest protests of the Trump era was not about the tax cuts, this you know massive upward transfer of wealth, not about uh, Trump's you know assault on health care, but about saving the job of Jeff Sessions. <laughs>
2: yeah,
3: Jeff. So after the day after Jeff Sessions was fired, there was this massive uh, you know protect Mueller uh, 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 event across the country in Times Square and D.C. everywhere. Bigger protests for saving Jeff Sessions' job. Than for saving healthcare and for stopping the tax cuts, I mean. So to say that there weren't consequences here for the left, I think is uh, missing all of these serious consequences that uh, RussiaGate caused.
2: Yeah, and I you know I think your argument might be like someone has got to. Do it like someone's got to point this out and like actually go through the argument for why this isn't uh, this is a conspiracy theory. Uh, but what have what have some of the professional repercussions been for you for for having this argument?
3: Well, I, you know, I, there's people whose work I have respected in the past who have taken shots at me both in like sub tweets and direct tweets. But I mean, you know, who cares? Uh, Jen Kirkman.
0: <laughs> I, I'm just kidding.
3: You know, I I, I used I, I actually used to. Really, find Jen Kirkman's comedy when I was kind of like a comedy nerd. I I thought she was really funny. The most
0: infuriating thing about her, like post-Trump psychosis, is that she
3: was a good comic. She was (laughs) had chops, man. Look at Stephen Colbert.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I
3: mean, I mean, anybody who grew up in the who was there for the era of the Colbert Report, like it's like it's hard to watch. It's 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 you know and you know that's one. I mean, one con. I mean, I'm not the first person to point this out that the Trump era has ruined comedy. Like, it's not as if SNL was like good beforehand, but SNL now is even more unwatchable than it was before Trump came along. And you know, you can say that. I think, unfortunately, (laughs) across the board. One more consequence, by the way, of I think RussiaGate. So, I mean, the professional consequences. I mean, I I certainly I watched in awe. As many people who I respect went along with this, uh, people at, you know, uh, the intercept people at, uh, democracy now where I used to, I worked there for 10 years and I was a big part of that show. Uh, they went along with it. Uh, uh, colleagues of mine at the nation magazine. I mean, I could go on and on and on. So, and in terms of professional consequences, yeah, I, I have suffered some, but it's like, who cares? You know, it's like either when you do something that goes against, you know the conventional narrative. You you have to be prepared for all consequences. And I now, with the fact that the conspiracy theory that um, I uh, was warning about for two years would not uh, w- would not pan out, and that in fact would tr- hand Trump a massive gift because it would uh, allow him to claim he was vindicated, uh, I, I you know I, I wear all the disdain that I've received as a badge of honor.
2: Uh, well, that uh, before I forget, I should uh, do a little professional disclosure. Uh, my girlfriend does work for the Russian government. She is on RT's America's Comedy <laughs> Show. Uh, we are in a romantic relationship. She is my girlfriend. That, thank,
0: thank you for filing that official. I got to make sure people know that. Legally, uh, he has I to say to, that. Yes. Um, you could get fired from this podcast. Could, <laughs>
1: <laughs> if the, if my, the tax company finds out your girlfriend works for a Russian TV show, we could be in jail.
3: <laughs> I have no doubt that my, my, you know, that piece of information is going to end up in a, you know, article on a prominent liberal site one day about me, that Mate went on a show with ties to the Russian government's, uh, you know, comedy... The comedy part of the Russian government's intelligence operation to fool Americans via jokes. M- Mate just,
0: appeared on a podcast that was honey potted by Russian. Uh, exactly. Fucking
3: exactly right. whatever.
2: Just make sure they stipulate the connection that it is my girlfriend. That, uh, <laughs> Mate uh,
1: engaged in hilarious measures.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Um,
2: but like, I mean, like any conspiracy theory. Now we are seeing. Uh, people are not gonna let this go. Uh, what are some of the things they are clinging to, the left, like the liberals, uh, the Jen Kirk- Kirkman's of the world? like What are they like not happy about with the the Mueller report?
3: Well, first of all, there's the question of, is there a cover-up? So is Attorney General William Barr, is he misrepresenting the contents of Mueller's actual report? Even though even though Barr even has already directly quoted Mueller. Uh, and they're trying to use the fact that the full report hasn't been released yet as as like sort of like a branch to hold on to is that maybe the report contains the conspiracy that they all believe in even though of course uh muller says he found no conspiracy and Mueller issued no indictments over that conspiracy so you know i'm all for releasing the report and that's become their new rallying cry but i just think like everything else they're in for a disappointment um and we saw you know joy reed on msnbc say that the seeds of a cover-up are there you know and that will, you know, so that's just basically them coming up with a new car- new conspiracy theory to cover up for the failure of the initial one. And we're also seeing um claims that, you know, uh, maybe Mueller found stuff that it really is damning, but he just couldn't charge. Well, I, I just find that hard to believe that if Mueller found evidence that there was illicit ties between Trump and Russia that, A, he would sit on that for two years or, you know, however long he's been doing this for, and he wouldn't issue any indictments for it. Um, And also note that he also didn't issue any indictments for anyone who was interviewed about so many of the key pillars of the Trump-Russia conspiracy theory. So this June 2016 Trump Tower meeting, most of the key participants were interviewed, including uh, Don Jr. and this kooky publicist Rob Goldstone, who wrote the email that everybody cites uh, and none of them were indicted for lying. And you, you think if there was a uh, a conspiracy to cover up, that Mueller, with all his powers, probably could have figured it out and at least gotten somebody on lying. But he didn't. And if you look at what we know about that meeting, it's not hard to see why. It's because this email that everybody cites where Don Jr. said, I love it, after he was told that the Russian government wants to help Donald Trump, it was written by a publicist, this guy Rob Goldstone, who now says, I had no idea what I was talking about, and I was just basically— you know, using publicist Puff to get the meeting for his client, who was like a mutual friend who uh, of his and Donald Trump Jr.'s, who's like uh, a Russian pop star, the son of a billionaire who was, um, who was friends with Donald Trump. So this whole thing was silly. It was based on kooky characters like this. And it was only uh, turned into a huge, massive deal is because privileged people in media and politics, you know, ignored the countervailing evidence. It was profitable for them to push it, to hype it up. It was good for MSNBC's ratings. It was good for failed Democratic elites to keep promoting this. Uh, but it was awful for everybody else. And it's especially awful now because they just handed Donald Trump, as some of us have been warning for two years, a massive gift for his reelection. And that's why I don't just call these people Russiagate peddlers or conspiracy theorists. I also call them uh, Trump reelection gift wrappers. <laughs> Um, just speaking in
0: terms of this as like a, a narrative and sort of like a psychosis thing, something that's kind of occurred to me recently is that it is kind of oddly similar to the like the birtherism of uh, sort of Fox News chuds around um, Obama during the Obama era in that, it you know, as dumb as it is, it created a narrative that sort of like got them off the hook and let them stop thinking about anything else in any other way of, you know, uh, organizing or addressing their own problems or whatever it's it's created like a fantasy where well that person didn't actually get elected therefore this didn't all happen or whatever and when you look at the way that they've sort of um you know, gotten accustomed to like moving the goalposts every time a new development happens that proves this is probably not really a thing. This Russiagate thing probably didn't really happen. I think it makes it all the more apparent what this whole narrative is motivated by. Because like, you know, this this bar thing happens and all of a sudden liberals are saying, well, you know, you can't trust this bar guy. Uh, you know, you can't trust these people that are conducting this investigation. But I mean, I think like counterfactually, let's say, you know, the investigation... You know proved collusion well, then would they also be saying well, you can't trust these people, you know, I mean it's it's clearly uh, You know dependent on whatever they already want to be true, whatever the confirmation bias is there, you know um,
3: I don't know yeah. so I, I I think the yeah I think that the uh, the analogy there to the birther movement is very apt for the reasons you describe and also the xenophobic aspect because mm-hmm. This whole thing has been, you know, p- partly predicated on some really vile Russophobia. The Russians, according to James Clapper, are genetically predisposed to lying. Uh, <laughs> seriously, that's a serious quote. I mean, we, we're we hearing constantly about how the Russians are this mortal threat to us. Russian social media posts are equivalent to Pearl Harbor and 9-11. I mean, like – and like, and it, like it's, it, it's almost like there's – you know, there's – there's so many aspects to it that are just all part of this, like the biggest outbreak of collective liberal self-delusion that I've ever seen. I mean, way worse than I remember the Iraq war being. It's, it's, it's really strange and it's going to have to be grappled with. And, and you know, people like – there's this woman, Maria Butina, who is like a – you know, she's like a – she has some weird views. She's very pro-gun and really wants to bring guns to Russia. But basically because she committed the crime of being in the U.S. with a Russian passport – and got herself like caught up in like Republican circles where she was trying to pursue her gun agenda. She got accused of being totally baselessly a Russian spy. I remember as, this. Yeah, smeared as a honeypot, put in solitary confinement. Uh, ended up the prosecutors ended up retracting all their most salacious claims. But by then everybody had smeared her and and wondered if she was key to this, uh, you know, uh, to this Trump Russia conspiracy. And she's still in prison right now. and, yeah. and she's, awaiting, she's awaiting release and deportation. So, it, you know, it's it's been, and, and we have articles in the Washington Post and New York Times scrutinizing literally how many times a a Trump associate or someone who knows a Trump associate interacted with someone who has a Russian passport or who might know someone with a Russian passport. I mean, it's just it's 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 insane. And you know, it wouldn't exist if it wasn't Russia, because you know, there's a Russophobic. Thing in this country that that long predates Russia Gate. It goes back decades, where Russia is blamed for all of our problems. Dr. Martin Luther King was, you know, smeared as a as, as a uh, dupe of uh, the of, of the Soviets, you know, and so this goes back many years. It's right. one facet of of this really insane culture that we live in.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, because there's also there's been enough time passed between just, you know, plain old McCarthyism and the plain old Cold War Russophobia. And now that I think a lot of people who identify as, you know, liberals or whatever, and think of themselves as leftist aren't even aware of how ironic it is that they are they are now taking the side of the FBI against someone like Martin Luther King in this sort of hysteria.
2: Yeah. And they're, it's like it's a traditionally right wing sort of line which is funny like I mean liberals keep doing that they'll like take the right conservative argument and try to flip it around on Republicans and it never works like we're seeing now there are like guys at Trump rallies who wear t-shirts that say like Russian agent on them like this is never going to do anything. <laughs>
1: The insidiousness of the entire thing, too, is it completely removes this angle of self-reflection the left and Democratic Party at large is supposed to be having this moment for right now after losing an embarrassing election to Donald Trump. And instead, you end up uh, uh, creating a a narrative where Russia has somehow ruined your perfectly functioning
3: democracy.
1: And so, like, what is the end goal of that? We go to war with Russia? Like, what if you were right? (laughs) There's nothing to be gained here.
3: Yeah. Yeah. A, well that's a, the whole point. That's the whole point. There's there's only something to be gained by people in a privileged position. So it's good for your ratings if you're MSNBC. If you're if you're, you know, a corporate channel that helped elect Trump by giving him billions of dollars worth of airtime. <laughs> it's a great way not just to deflect from your own responsibility but to, you know, keep in on the fun. I mean, like Les Moonves, the former chair of CBS before he was forced out for sexual harassment. He said that, you know, Trump has been great for us and, you know, it's bring on the fun. You know, so, and, and if you're, I've exactly as you say, it's been a way for failed Democrats to avoid reckoning with the failures of their own policies and to instead blame Russian uh, social media posts and stolen emails. Um, you know, let me uh, read you an example. So, for example, David Axelrod, after, you know, these studies came out from com- commissioned by the Senate talking about the influence of, uh, Russian social media David Axelrod said when you consider the narrow margins by which Donald Trump won Michigan and Wisconsin and Poor minority turnout there these Russian voter suppression efforts may have been decisive <laughs> <laughs> So Axelrod is saying that because you know people of color didn't turn out for Hillary in Mich- in Michigan and Wisconsin He's literally blaming Russian Facebook ads that not only nobody saw but even if anybody did see them, they weren't even about the election, at least the vast majority of them. And they were also stupid and juvenile.
0: Yeah, and we talked people, about it on the show once. There was like an a Instagram account called like Black Utainment or something that had like 300 <laughs>
3: followers. It's, it's <laughs> so stupid. Let me, let, me, let, let me read you another quote. This is Hillary Clinton. She says, the real question is, how did the Russians know how to target their message so precisely to undecided voters in Wisconsin or Michigan or Pennsylvania? "Quote." That's a literal quote from Hillary Clinton, the uh, the 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 presidential candidate, blaming these stupid Russian social media posts for her loss in these key states, Wisconsin and Michigan, by the way, that she did not even campaign in. Yeah, yeah, I think that you brought
0: up something at the beginning of this whole interview that I does not really get mentioned enough because it's such a like obvious like this is where the fucking argument should start uh point but um this you know this narrative was manufactured directly after the loss of the Clinton campaign to explain the loss of the Clinton campaign like you can follow the money there it's not even a secret
2: yeah well that so I'm uh, I'm very curious about this because, uh, not to get too off topic, but Aaron, your dad is a, uh, a doctor, and he writes a lot about mental health and studies that. Um, I am genuinely, I'm a big fan of his. What What is his response to the RussiaGate hysteria?
3: Uh, he thought it was all bullshit, and he, you know, uh, he, um, you'll have to ask him. I, I don't want to speak for him, but okay. I, I, he, he does have. I think he, he definitely had some very. Valuable insights into the psychology behind it, how uh, those who peddled it preyed on the vulnerabilities of people who were rightfully traumatized by uh, Trump's victory. Um, and, you know, it was a convenient fa- fantasy for many people. I mean, I don't blame anybody who's not in media or politics who bought into it because they were fed it constantly. And yeah. this was, you know, if you trust. Your media, then, 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 this is what you're given, right? So I, I, listen, I actually would love to hear more about what he has to say uh, about it, but I, I just don't want to speak for him. Sure, that's fair. Um,
0: just to speak in in psychological terms, I mean, it is like very. Um it's very, you know, similar to the Roger Stoney sort of like othering that Trump did of, uh, you know, Mexicans and Muslims and things like that. I mean, it's it's pretty simple. You just create a boogeyman. That's the explanation for all of your constituencies problems so that they don't have to actually so they don't realize that the problem is actually you or just capitalism at large, etc. Or whatever. I mean, they're not really reinventing the wheel by uh, by f- figuring out what, you know, What confirms a lot of people's biases and what, like, helps them sleep at night or whatever? It is
1: kind of fun we get our own Alex Jones conspiracy theory, and you don't have to wonder why didn't Hillary Clinton go there. You just go, there were men in tracksuits spotted in Michigan polling places.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I keep beating this point to death, and it's really, like, not that – it's, it's like, pretty obvious, or it should be at least. But, I mean – liberals like, they're just... We all laughed at Fox News people for so long. You know, you had a, a racist uncle or something at Thanksgiving. You'd go, wow, this guy's lost his mind because of this cable news network. And now it's really ironic how how the shoe is on the other foot, or it's on both feet now, we are I all guess.
1: We're all Fox News watching. Like,
0: <laughs> you know, liberals are no better than people that were driven insane by Fox News.
1: What does the Fox say? Yeah. It says what the... Uh, just like backing
2: up for a second um what what was the deal with steve cohen uh, or michael cohen not steve cohen and uh uh manafort what did they get indicted for and how did that relate to the Mueller investigation if at all
3: okay so uh paul manafort is worth starting with because he is the trump figure who is the only one Who uh, or or he faces the most prison time out of of all of them so far. And he was indicted uh, in a case that both judges uh, in in his trials in D.C. and Virginia acknowledge in court have nothing to do with the uh, with the issue of Trump-Russia collusion. Basically, before he joined the Trump campaign, Manafort worked as a lobbyist in Ukraine uh, you know, uh, after a, a long career of being a shady lobbyist for all kinds of gangsters around the world. And and basically Manafort was his his case was a financial case. It was like a, a incredibly boring uh, IRS uh, uh, um, income tax fraud and bank fraud case where he didn't report uh, properly his income. And in applying for loans, he like fudged information. So it was like, it was like it was a combination of what I think mother prosecutors called uh, garden variety and esoteric financial crimes. But so, yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, by all means, hold this corrupt guy to account, put him in prison. But to put this at the center of like a story and then give it endless attention where Manafort's trial is like the biggest deal in the world when, again, it doesn't even have anything to do with the issue we're supposed to care about.
1: Yeah.
3: And so he, he was he was he was uh, convicted. And sentenced to, uh, he's facing, I think, uh, ten years in prison. One irony of his case is that, you know, it, it was used by RussiaGate promoters to uh, speculate about whether or not, uh, you know, you could tie Manafort's uh, troubles to a Trump-Russia conspiracy because the dominant narrative was that Manafort was doing Putin's uh, bidding when he was in Ukraine, trying to, like, you know, because. Ukraine has been a source of real tension between the U.S. and Russia for many years now, mm. and so because Manafort was working for Viktor Yanukovych, uh, this president who with whose party was uh, affiliated historically with Russia, it was just widely assumed, and also because Manafort owed some money to some uh, Russian oligarchs and was hired by them, it was widely assumed that Manafort was closely tied to the to to the Kremlin. The in reality, the opposite is the case. There's a article on the web. By a guy named Graham Stack, who worked for Fusion GPS, the same firm behind the Steele dossier, where he basically points out that the media got the Manafort story all wrong. He was not pushing, pursuing Russian interests in Ukraine. He was actually trying to push his client Yanukovych away from Russia and to sign a a trade agreement with the EU, which the U.S. was also supporting uh, and uh, which ended up helping trigger this new round of confrontation between the us and, and russia over ukraine and so when it, when it comes to the the huge issue in ukraine involving russia manafort was actually on uh, the pro-western side and but all that's been that's one of the things that have gotten ignored uh in in the trump russia madness so basically on msnbc they would never acknowledge that uh in the case of michael cohen he faces uh you know he faces present time as well uh, and he's been sentenced, but but the bulk of his case uh, has to do with uh, hush money payments uh, over Stormy Daniels, Stormy. right? And and that 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 you know came in part from Mueller because Mueller referred his case to the uh, Southern District of New York. But that's there's nothing there about a Trump Russia conspiracy. The Russia angle comes with Cohen lying to Congress about his contacts and his efforts to build a Trump Tower uh, in Moscow, and that's another case where. You know this was treated as a huge pillar of the conspiracy theory but if you look at the actual facts they undermine the conspiracy theory because a this Trump Tower Moscow never came anywhere near getting off the ground all the Trump organization did was sign a non-binding letter of intent no money ever changed hands no financing was ever secured no Russian government um, approval was ever secured Cohen's only contact with the Russian government was basically him calling the Kremlin press office them calling him back and saying that they couldn't help him out. Sorry. Um, And so if anything, that's another case where if if Trump and Russia are in cahoots, then why does this deal go nowhere? And Cohen also says in his congressional testimony that Trump never expected to win the election and was using his campaign as a big branding opportunity, which makes perfect sense to me. And it makes perfect sense that that helps explain why Trump was saying nice things about Vladimir Putin. is because he wanted to build this big Trump Tower Moscow, which he even tweeted about a few years earlier so yeah like like we know uh that trump is a uh, a corrupt shady individual like right? and that's you know sure i mean no doubt but that has not been the question of this two-year fixation the question was whether or not there was a conspiracy between him and russia and you know things like manafort and, and trump tower only serve to undermine that yeah
2: so the the Mueller uh report so far has has, has shown that there is not substantial evidence that there's collusion between the Russian government, and the Trump campaign, uh, but there is arguably some evidence um, for collusion with another former, with another uh, foreign power, and that's the Israeli government. What is the case for um, Israel Gate? I guess
3: Israel Gate is the only actual credible case uh, that we know of so far when it comes to um, you know uh, serious uh, uh, Trump ca- Trump collusion with a foreign government. Right after the uh, election, Trump's victory, uh, Michael Flynn, the incoming national security advisor, he made a series of phone calls to his Russian, uh, to, to the Russian ambassador at the time, Sergei Kislyak. And the very first order of business that Flynn undertook was calling Kislyak to ask him uh, uh, to uh, veto a measure at the UN Security Council that Barack Obama had decided on his way out That he would let pass and it was a a measure basically criticizing israeli settlement activity in the occupied territories and obama for pretty much the first time of his presidency had decided now that he was in a position where he was leaving anyway that he wasn't going to veto it after vetoing so many other measures critical of israel before Mm. and around that time uh, both benjamin netanyahu and uh, sheldon adelson asked the trump camp to (laughs) do what they can to stop that measure from going through, so uh, after that collusion, that was the the Trump campaign's highest priority at the time, according to the Wall Street Journal, and Flynn tried to convince Kislyak to uh, veto the measure, and, and an act that further undermines the case for you know Trump and Russia being in cahoots. Russia ignored it, and that measure ended up passing at the UN. So uh, that is the uh, genesis of Israel Gate, and then there's contacts between. Israeli firms and the Trump camp and, you know, offers a social media help. But it's like, you know, the the that that thing at the UN is 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 a documented case of collusion where at the world's highest uh, international body, the UN Security Council, uh, the Trump campaign tried to undermine the outgoing U.S. administration on its policy.
2: Uh, so now with, with Trump in office, if he is a, a Russian agent or asset, you would think he would want to ease. Uh, tensions militarily, economically with Russia. Has that been the case, or has he uh, inflamed them?
3: That is one uh, unfortunate consequence uh, of Russiagate, is that this drive to prove that Trump and Russia are in cahoots has de-incentivized those promoting that notion to acknowledge the incredibly scary developments that are happening before our eyes, where Trump and the people around him, especially with after John Bolton came into... Uh, his cabinet, are taking a series of reckless steps that are uh, escalating tensions with the world's other nuclear power. Like, it it can't get any more serious than this, but yet all this stuff gets ignored. So, for example, Trump bombed um, Russia's ally in Syria, Bashar al-Assad, twice, something that Obama never did. Trump is right now trying to overthrow Russia's ally in Venezuela, Nicolas Maduro. Uh, Trump has torn up the INF Treaty this like pillar of international security, uh, uh, it's a vital arms control agreement. Uh, and he, uh, and then now basically setting off a whole new nuclear arms race. Trump is trying to stop a vital uh, Russia-German gas pipeline, so much so that he's, he's threatening sanctions against the pipeline. Uh, he's increased U.S. war games and troop presence uh, on Russia's borders. Um, and all this stuff has seriously escalated tensions between these two nuclear-armed powers. But how often do we talk about that? How often is that focused on? Focused on, on MSNBC or CNN? <laughs> how much act? How much activism is there around that? I mean, literally, these things threaten, like you know, human extension because it's not good to have, you know, ma- increased spending on nuclear weapons. Which, by the way, is what Trump is also doing. He's increased spending on nuclear weapons and the military. And if you look at his strategy documents, they say that, you know, great power competition is now our number one priority. This was James Mattis, the adult in the room, saying this. And Russia and China are our biggest threats. So as we're worrying about whether or not Trump is taking orders from Putin and we're mad that Trump says nice things about Putin in public, right in front of our eyes, Trump is pursuing incredibly reckless policies. Oh, by the way, including selling arms to Ukraine that Obama would not do. Which is all the more ironic because one aspect of the conspiracy theory is that like, it's alleged that the Trump campaign changed the RNC platform to like, be soft on Russia, which is a, a <laughs> huge misinterpretation of the actual facts. Even if it were true, it wouldn't matter because the RNC platform is, is useless. But, but this platform deals with s- sending weapons to Ukraine. And for all this talk about what happened with the platform, when Trump came to office, he sold the arms to Ukraine. Yet for some reason that that doesn't disturb this idea uh, that, that that Trump is doing Putin's bidding. So it, it, it's just another, one more crazy aspect and one more scary development uh, that resulted from this focus on Trump and Russia.
2: Yeah, and you alluded this uh, to this a little bit earlier, but Trump is already uh, taking this up as you know a, a, a campaign talking point against the Democrats in 2020. Uh, how do you think he's going to continue to do that, and how uh, should? the democrats or the left push back against that
3: okay i'm gonna be a little bit corny okay and i'm gonna i'm gonna quote something that i wrote in april 2017 and and i'm not saying this to gloat (laughs) but i'm i'm really not like i'm saying this because you know um this week where Mueller rejects the conspiracy theory is not a victory for anybody but donald trump um and that's something we've been you know a small number of us who've been paying attention to this and writing about it have been warning about for uh, for two years, Glenn Greenwald, Matt Taibbi, Max Blumenthal, and others. So uh, I wrote in The Intercept in April 2017, what if the allegations are ultimately disproved or go nowhere? Uh, and I'm talking about Rachel Maddow, but this applies to everybody who promoted it. Maddow and, our, and, and like-minded, influential liberals will have led their audience on a fruitless quest, all the while helping foment anti-Russia sentiment channeling Democratic Party energy away from productive self-critique and diverting focus from the White House's actual policies. Trump would be handed a further gift via the damaged credibility of his enemy, the media responsible for holding him to account. So this is an outcome, you know, I've been warning about for a long time. And and I want to stress this because for a long time now, detractors, including people on the left, um, like Ryan Cooper, for example, whose work I, on domestic issues I otherwise respect, have said that we're defending Trump and we are, are somehow apologizing for him. Well, but I think these people have it in reverse by promoting a conspiracy theory, putting so much energy into it, raising expectations that it would pan out. Uh, these people who bought into it have now handed Trump a massive re-election gift because now after saying no collusion – for you know two years now he can claim a, a, a actual a, a legal vindication for it and the fact that Mueller did not allege collusion and basically found no collusion so this is a huge gift for trump that he will exploit and you know on on, on top of that we i think people who were bought into trump and russia forgot that you know this got excited by the idea of these investigations like Mueller's and congress now in the house bringing Trump down, but they forgot that Republicans can launch investigations too. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. unfortunately, when you look at the origins of the Trump-Russia investigation, I, 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 I spoke about it a little bit earlier, but there was some shady stuff going on in the FBI uh, in terms of their decisions to open up this investigation, to use the Steele dossier as a uh, as evidence for getting a surveillance warrant. And I think Trump and his uh, Republican allies in the Senate. Are going to use this now because they're also th- th- they want revenge on their enemies so they're going to launch an investigation and i think unlike the Mueller probe it's going to uncover actually damning stuff that trump can then use to you know bolster his claim of being you know the subject of a witch hunt and it- it's not and i don't think these fbi people targeted trump because they're woke and they you know <laughs> they and, and they care about his misogyny or his racism They were alarmed that he was saying nice things about Vladimir Putin, and and that basically conflicted with their Cold War uh, uh, way of looking at the world. And so now we have this unfortunate situation that as a result of of paranoid actions uh, and overzealous actions by intelligence officials that the broader liberal left trumpeted for two years— we're now we're going to set that up for, I think, another gift by Trump to use as he heads into re-election, claiming both vindication and then also pointing to the fact that the uh, deep state, as he will say, tried to bring him down.
2: Uh, well, one of the more, I, I think, disturbing claims that's been made against Trump is that he's uh, committed treason, which legally speaking – and there's some <laughs> – Uh, Dispute about whether we should use the legal or the popular definition of treason, but treason means uh, acting with a foreign power that your country is at war with. And we're not, uh, fingers crossed, currently at war with Russia, but what kind of precedent does that set, just being sort of casual about the T word, what kind of precedent does that set for like a a democratic president who might want to act in a diplomatic way with with other countries that uh, Republicans don't think we should be friendly to?
3: I think you've hit on a really important point, and that's one of the Thank reasons
2: you. why. <laughs> <laughs> People don't say that often enough. I really do not. Well, no, You're I mean,
3: it's one of the reasons why, you know, left Russia skeptics, especially Glenn Greenwald, I think, has made this point pretty tirelessly that, you know, when you venerate intelligence officials like this, You're uh, not just like whether you think it's good for you now in terms of going after Trump, you're enabling them to do this in the future. And so exactly. We know from The New York Times and we know from Andrew McCabe that when the uh, FBI opened up an additional investigation of whether or not Trump was compromised by Russia in May 2017, approximately, one of the one of the predicates that they used was their concern that he was saying nice things about Vladimir Putin and that he wouldn't criticize Vladimir Putin. And Andrew McCabe has said that they found that strange. Peter Strzok, one of the agents, FBI agents, one of the FBI agents who investigated Trump, he tech, you know in, in the text messages that have come out of his, he talks about the Russians as all being you know fucking liars. And Lisa Page, another FBI official, testified about. The Russians being a threat to our way of life and so basically are we gonna as liberal leftist whatever we want to call ourselves are we gonna co-sign this precedent where we grant intelligence officials to investigate candidates who espouse foreign policy views that they don't like so I don't know like what if Bernie Sanders comes out and endorses BDS or Bernie Sanders okay. says that you know uh like uh I don't want to be overthrowing governments around the world and I, you know what I mean I mean like whatever it is, like it's 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 an insane like whether. I mean, you don't have to like Trump, to uh, to be opposed to the kind of precedent that 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 Russia Gate has set for investigating political candidates for their political beliefs. Right. It's and like that, all the
0: executive yeah. powers that uh, everyone was really happy to uh, a lot onto Obama that then got transferred to Trump, like the DACA stuff and stuff like that. Um. Yeah. It's like the look at the big picture. It's going to come back around, and the gun's going to be pointing at you at some point. You know. Yeah. Exactly.
2: Uh, so, are you going to keep? Um, are you going to keep keeping up with what with, with the Russia Gates maniacs, like whatever their latest thing is? Or Are you going to move on to a, a different story? What's your your plan going forward?
3: I'm writing a book uh, that you know is based on the idea that uh, you know Trump's election, uh, Russia Gate. And this whole tier thing we've gone through is is the result of a privilege protection racket in which, you know, our our politics are shaped PPP our our politics are shaped by, uh, you know, a political media class who um, protect their privilege above all else. And that's why I think we got Donald Trump to begin with is because he duped enough people into thinking that he would uh, he would undo the neoliberal policies that destroyed so many people's lives. And that's why we got Russia gays, because the same people responsible for those policies needed an excuse and needed a a mechanism by which to sustain their own privilege, which if they were serious about Donald Trump, they would rethink and they would start taking on the same corporate interests that they actually represent. So I'm working on that. And look, I mean, as long as especially there's no accountability from the media and political class and they keep peddling the conspiracy theory and they keep deflecting, I mean, look, I'm on this beat. I, uh, I do other things <laughs> I, when I was at the you know, I, I spent 10 years at Democracy Now and most recently I was at the Real News and I'm launching something else soon. And there I, I, I covered um, many, many issues, domestic and international. So, I mean, people I, I've been accused by some people of just covering Russiagate, but they're forgetting all the work I've done elsewhere. It's true that at the Nation magazine I've just written about Russiagate, but that's my beat there. And I, I make no apologies for it. Especially given that you know everything that I uh, warned about has, I think, borne out this week with Mueller rejecting the conspiracy theory that uh, so many people believed in.
2: All right, Aaron Mate, where can people find you?
3: I'm on Twitter at Aaron J. Mate.
2: Great. Well, thanks for coming on Poddam America.
3: Pa Damn America. I love that name, by the way. Thank you I so hate much. <laughs> I, I absolutely detest the podcast that, that inspired it. So I, I, <laughs> I, 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 uh, I salute you guys. Thank thanks. You.
1: All right. right.